My name is Sherry Guess, and this is the Heavily Meddled Podcast. On this podcast, I interview patients, medical professionals, and industry insiders, having important discussions regarding the all-too-commonly experienced but lesser-identified symptoms of hypersensitivity to metals contained in implanted medical and dental hardware, diet, and environments. These metals often cause a variety of dysfunctional immune responses, chronic pain, and other syndromes that fly under the radar of most patients and physicians. During these interviews, the patients and I discuss ideas for managing symptoms, share personal lifestyle modifications, and talk about how to advocate with and educate providers pre- and post-surgery, along with options found for implant removal and the how-to of adverse event reporting. This podcast does not give medical advice. From time to time, I may interview medical professionals that render personal opinions you can use to follow up with your individual provider. Let's roll. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the jungle. Welcome back for part two on testing for metal allergies with Meliza Diagnostics. If you missed episode one, we talked to Linda Nelson, the CEO of Meliza, and got the background on how the test was developed and what sets them apart from other lymphocyte transformation tests. Heard a few patient stories and exciting things like that. Today is a very special walkthrough where you're going to come with me while I get my own Melisa test. You're going to be with me as I get the test kit, as we fill out the paperwork, and then you're going to come with me to get my blood drawn and ship it off via FedEx to the lab in Neuss, Germany. You're going to be with me as I get the results. We went over them a little bit in the last episode, and we're going to unpack what those results look like now. And I might even compare my previous results from orthopedic analysis, just so you can kind of get some feedback on what the two tests look like. I can't wait to show you this walkthrough and hopefully it'll make you getting your Melisa test just easy as one, two, three. All right, let's do this. Okay. One thing that's going to be really important if you are tuning in on one of the podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, where you don't have video, this episode's a little different. This episode, You kind of need video to see all the things. So if you haven't had this opportunity to go on over to YouTube and check out the podcast on my YouTube channel, just go to YouTube, search Heavily Metaled, and you'll find this episode and all the other ones there, and you can check out all the cool things. First thing we're going to do is go to the Melisa website, so let's get on down the road. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do is go to melisa.org. This is the homepage on the Melisa website, and there's all kinds of great info here. And one of the really cool places is research. So if you go to the research tab, there's articles, case reports, research projects. Um, so anyway, the top menu is pretty self-explanatory, but since we're focusing on walking through the test today, I'm going to get right into that and show you how to do that. But there's tons of great information here on the Meliza website. I will show you real quick. You're going to want to subscribe to the Meliza newsletter. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the screen right here, 
Melissa newsletter six times per year. You can fill in your email address there and subscribe, and then you won't miss out on any of the really cool research articles and announcements that Melissa comes up with. For that matter, go to heavilymetal.com and sign up for my email list because I'm running different stuff, and that way you'll be completely well-informed all the way around. Um, also, you can see here is the Melissa social feed. Definitely go follow the Melissa Diagnostics page on social media. Okay, so let's go back to the top menu here. We're going to go to metal sensitivity. And if you click that and go into metal exposure, which is the second thing on the drop down menu, um, you're going to go into questionnaires at the bottom. And this will help you and Melissa decide what tests will be most beneficial for you to order. So the Melissa questionnaire is a fillable PDF or a printable PDF. Um, if you go here, you can get it. I'm going to do it in English. So we're going to click right here on patient questionnaires in English. It's going to pull up this questionnaire and I'm going to start filling this out. When you get to the bottom, you can submit by email, you can print the form, you can save the form or reset the form. Here's the contact information. I always recommend printing and saving the form just so you can refer back to it. Um, but if you're ready to submit it, you can go ahead and submit by email. Okay, so when you're ready to order your test kit after filling out the questionnaire, you come here to the Melissa homepage and there's this purple icon over here. It's gonna take you to a place where you can select if you're a patient or a healthcare provider and you pick the appropriate one. And we're just going to assume for today that you're a patient. So let's go to the patient section. So right here, click if you're a patient. It will tell you that you're shipping to the lab in Germany if you're a North American patient in the U.S. and Canada. It will tell you you need to stop immunosuppressant medication three weeks prior to having your blood drawn for your Melisa test. It will tell you that the kit fee needs to be paid prior to releasing the test kit to you. So you come down here and you click that you have a practitioner willing to go over the results with you. You click that you agree you're not taking immunosuppressant medication, and then you get to select here your panels for testing. For the sake of this episode, I'm just going to select your personalized panel, but there's quite a few panels to choose from and even a box if you're unsure. Melissa has fabulous customer service, so you can email them if you need some guidance on filling out this section. Then you select whether you want to test for your current exposure or ahead of like a dental implant or some other kind of implant surgery. Uh, you go ahead and fill out your name. I'm putting a test address in there. Then you're going to want to fill out your billing address if it's different than your shipping address and any relevant details to the order. When you click submit, it's going to take you to a page that says they'll get with you within one to two business days on finalizing the order of your test kit. You're going to go get the lab draw and get this puppy shipped over to Germany for LTT testing. And I'm going to show you just how easy this is. So I'm going to flip the camera around and kind of show you how to unbox the Melisa test kit. Here we go. Okay, so here's the Melisa test kit. It comes in this priority mail envelope. We're going to open this up and get rid of this. So when you get the box out, here's what you're going to see. We've got shipping instructions. We've got a declaration of biological shipments. 
We'll come back to that. That's all stapled together. So, and then we'll come back. We've got ah, shipping labels. Now I got prepaid shipping labels. I'm going to show you how to create a shipping label in another video, but right now we've got these shipping labels. We've got a guide to Melisa, metal, the metal allergy test right here. Choosing the metals, medication and health, blood draws. Um, we'll come back and fill that out. We've got a guide for the phlebotomist. This will tell you how the blood draw is done. And then we have the, the biological substance bag for FedEx. And then the kit with a rubber band. Now you notice this will say only send your sample if you've completed the test requisition form and included it in the kit, carefully followed the shipping instructions, signed and dated the paperwork for customs, three commercial invoices, the custom letter and declaration of biological shipment, ready to hand it to FedEx together with your package sample. Uh, instructions for phlebotomy can be found on melisa.org slash phlebotomy. If you think you're missing any paperwork, visit melisa.org slash ship. And then once we ship this, we'll email Fed, the FedEx tracking number to track at melisa.org. Now, I did um, mention going in here, if you'll show this, we um, do have three commercial shipping invoices right here. Well, here's a customs declaration letter. I forgot to show you that this was in there. Sorry. This was um, wound up with everything else. Here's the customs declaration letter. And then we have three commercial invoices, and they look identical. They look exactly like this. So kind of what we do is we follow the instructions. Now, I've already located a, a shipping company that will ship the uncontaminated blood sample, um, FedEx Priority Overnight International Shipping. Now, there's some really specific instructions here. So in arranging the shipment, you want to choose FedEx International Priority Express, do not choose International Priority by 6 p.m. or FedEx First 10 a.m. since both are likely to lead to delays. So we've double-checked that we have everything in the kit contents, and this can only be shipped on either a Monday or a Tuesday because it needs to be received in Germany within 48 hours of the blood draw. So pretty simple. Um, you can open a FedEx account very quickly. You can get some discounted rates. It only took me five minutes I'll show you how that's done in another section. Uh, samples will need to be kept at room temperature, and you'll need a printer to print the FedEx document if you don't have a prepaid shipping label. Once we know that we have a shipping location, we have this all set up a day ahead of time, and we're going to go back and fill out the lab requisition prior to shipping, and I will show you how that's done in just a minute. Okay, real quick, I'm going to show you how to open a FedEx account. If you don't have one, this can give you a discount on your shipping for Melisa. We just go to FedEx.com and up here in the search bar, the quickest way to do it is just type create account. And press enter. And then right here, it says open an account on FedEx. So you just go here to open a free account for discounts on shipping and more, this orange icon, and follow the directions from there. Just get started. Okay, so when you create your FedEx account and you fill out your number, you're going to fill it out with this address 
on it. And the waybill number is the one that starts with 7716 above X3 in RNA. And that's what you'll put on your Melisa paperwork when you fill out the waybill number. Now we're going to complete the information on the customs shipment kit. We have three commercial invoices. They all look exactly the same, just like this. And what we're going to do is add the date and the airway bill number, along with my name, address, and contact info. Now I've got that hidden because I don't want y'all coming to my house. I mean, I love you, but um, we're going to fill in the number of tubes in the quantity box, which is right here. And we're going to sign and date it down here. So here we go. I've got 20 tubes. I'm getting a monster test. And we're going to do that three more times. This is the customs declaration letter. It's clearly marked at the top, so you can see that. And the instructions state to enter the number of tubes and verify my name and address. My name and address is under here. It has been verified. And the number of tubes, oh, it says nine. I guess they're testing 20 metals. So I need to go back and make a correction. All right, so if you're silly like me, I put 20, 20 tubes instead of nine vials because they're testing for 20 metals, so I'm a dummy. So I'm just going to make that correction there and put nine, and I'm just going to put my initials right there. Next, we're doing the Declaration of Biological Shipments form. Again, clearly labeled at the top. And the instructions are to complete the information at the top of page one, the airway bill number, and fill in the number of tubes sent next to quality in milliliters at the bottom of page two. Add contact details, signature, and date. So airway bill number. I'll come back and add my phone number, but you would add your phone number there. The number of tubes is already sent. Uh, nine is already marked there, so I don't think I have to do anything there. And then at the bottom, add my contact details, signature, and date. It's probably going to be on the next page. So I'm not going to do this on video because it's going to contain personal information, but this is page two, and you're going to just print your name here, sign your name, uh, write your title if you have one, date, and then emergency contact information there. And that should be everything for this form right there. And then we're going to take all these documents with us to FedEx along with the prepaid shipping label or, or the label that you've printed at home. Now I just want to show you what's in the box here. So if you open this little handy dandy cooler box, it looks like we have a little cool gel pack here. And they didn't tell me if that's supposed to be refrigerated like overnight. Um, Hmm. Might be worth a phone call to Melissa to ask that one. Okay, so then we have our vials inside here, and it looks like that's all there is. So we should be good there. And uh, I'll report back on the on the cool packs. Okay, back with the answer on the gel packs. Well, I'm a dummy. I guess it just keeps it cool because it says right here, specimen transport kit, gel packs, which must be kept in room temperature before use. So there we go. When all else fails, read the directions. Okay, here's the Melisa test requisition. So um, we have uh, choosing the metals, test requisition, or testing panels on the requisition form on page two, common combination of metals used in alloys at dentistry and orthopedics. You may need to check with your health professional for the exact metal content of a device or implant. 
this is pretty similar information to what you can find on the website. So we can create a personal testing panel or choose from a pre-existing testing panel. You'll want to watch the podcast episode where we talk with Meliza and they'll be able to give us some more great information on the LTT blood testing. So Meliza testing measures an immune response. So we don't want to be on any drugs that suppress the immune system or may affect test results. So medications such as steroids, you have to avoid for three weeks prior. You have to avoid for three weeks prior to ensure accurate results. For a list of medications and factors that may affect testing, melisa.org slash medication is where you want to go. If the testing shows your cells are not responding properly because of medication taken, they're going to charge um, $130 if it's not possible to separate enough lymphocytes from the blood for the testing. So the laboratory at that case will prioritize the most frequently allergenic metals based on your metal exposure. Um, so blood draws, it tells the phlebotomist exactly what to use. Um, I'm doing 16 to 20 metals, so we're going to be using seven tubes. And then we keep these at room temperature. Do not centrifuge and do not chill. So this is really information for the phlebotomist. They will understand this if you do not. And then again, it reiterates the shipping. Blood should be sent via FedEx on Mondays and Tuesdays only. Arriving within 48 hours after blood is taken to Germany, we are going to ship the blood sample and the completed requisition to the Melisa Department of Lab in Neuss, Germany. And here is the cost. So if you're 1 to 5 metals, 350, 6 to 9, 380, 10 to 12, 420, the winter kit fee. I do have the winter kit. And uh, 13 to 17 metals, $470. 18 to 20 metals, $520, and over 20 metals, we're going to add $15 per metal. Transport by FedEx is approximately $100. Again, that is less expensive, potentially if you have a FedEx account. So payment results, you will get an invoice two weeks after samples arrived at the lab. Payment can be made online with a credit or debit card or by PayPal, and they will not release your results until your payment is received. And then if you have questions, there's this handy-dandy U.S. phone number that you can call right there, and you'll get a Melisa representative right away. And then, again, I'm not going to fill this out um, on camera because it contains personal information, but you're going to fill out your patient information here, your name, your address, date of birth, zip code, country, email, telephone a clinic, and then your clinic is going to have your prescriber address, zip code, email, telephone number. Phlebotomist is going to fill out the date of the blood draw, the collection time, and whether to send results to the clinic, patient, or both. And the lab will place their own label here. And then here is, you're going to write your reason for testing and your current metal exposure. Again, there's a really nice Melisa questionnaire that we're going to be going over online. Here's where we will select our panels. So there's dental panels, orthopedic panels, and individual testing. Uh, now, I'm actually doing a comprehensive surgical orthopedic, which is 15 metals. And then I'm going to be adding just a few more. I will mark the other additional metals. I'll let you know what they are here in a minute. And then we'll go to the next step. Here's the additional metals that I ordered. So I'm getting the comprehensive surgical orthopedic, which is 15 metals. Because I got a body full of it. And then I selected a few extras down here, cadmium, gold, Palladium, silver, and we should be good to go. I'm crazy late for this appointment, so we are just going to like zip right along. And yes, I'm videoing while I'm driving, but I am not looking at the camera. 
Come with me. We are late going into the dark. Okay. Here we go with the test kit. There's the chair. Okay, so it's really cold in here. How do they draw your blood when you're freezing? Like, hey, it's cold. So now we are off to FedEx to put this thing on the plane. So basically these are the customs documents. I'm going to hand that to her. With a copy of the air bill and this box once I put two rubber bands on it mine broke it's gonna go in there and we should be good to go my rubber bands broke FedEx was nice enough to give me a couple but they didn't quite hold it shut so we got creative and we taped it <laughs> so there we go and now we're gonna put it in the FedEx box and I'm gonna hand her all these things that I showed you and we already talked about okay so that's ready to go only the box went in there with the requisition like you saw. Nice lady who I'm not going to film. Got the papers. I'm only showing you the papers. Not showing her face. <laughs> <laughs> and she's put it all in that handy dandy. All the custom stuff and the waybills. Yep, there you go. And that nice little FedEx pack. And it's going to attach on here. Woohoo. And that's it, right? Yay! All right, y'all. So they said as long as it clears customs, it'll be there tomorrow. And yeah, tracking numbers right there. So now I'm going to let Meliza know that it's on the way. So that's how it's done. And you'll be able to follow along as I get my results. Meliza did a really good job of making this pretty, pretty easy to handle. I don't follow written instructions very well. And probably a lot of people in chronic pain or with chronic illness or you know, whatever, have a lot of brain fog. So hopefully, since you saw me walk through this, I make it easier for you. Got through it. Just eat the elephant one bite at a time. And now that I've shown you how it's done, should be pretty easy. All right, onward. Now I've done this email and this is going to go off to Meliza. So there's the tracking number. It's going to go to track at and here we go. And now a word from our sponsor. 
Attention metalheads, are you struggling with skin rashes, joint and systemic pain, or fatigue that just won't go away? Type 4 metal allergy is often overlooked as a culprit in many of today's chronic illnesses. Get to the root of the problem with MELISA testing. MELISA is a scientifically proven and clinically validated test that measures immune reactivity to metal allergens like nickel, cobalt, and titanium. With fast and reliable results, you can get the answers you need to find relief and live a healthier life. Don't let metal allergies control your life any longer. Visit MELISA.org to learn more and schedule your test. Trust us, you'll be glad you did. MELISA a valuable diagnostic tool in medicine. Hey everyone, welcome back. The MELISA results are in and we are going to go over the results of my MELISA test. I'm going to share my screen and we're going to just basically break it all down and talk all the way through it. I had a couple of surprises here, some not so much. Let's do this. The first thing we're going to go over is the explanation of what the test is on the actual test that you will get back. I'm just going to read this. Melise is an advanced blood test for detecting hypersensitivity to metals and other substances. The white blood cells from the blood sampler are tested against a range of suspected allergens and the reaction monitored. An allergy is indicated when the white blood cells called lymphocytes start to expand and multiply. The multiplication of lymphocytes, which respond to a given allergen, is quantified with a radioactive tracer taken up by dividing cells. That means it's absorbed by the cells that divide. The existence of stimulated lymphocytes in cultures where allergens have been added, but not in control cultures, is also confirmed by the viewing of cells under a microscope. And this is called morphology. We're going to talk about that a bit more in a second. You can also hear about it in the part one of the Melissa episode. Linda describes it very well. <laughs> the stimulation index is a quotient of the uptake of the radioactive tracer in lymphocytes treated with allergens divided by the uptake of the radio-labeled tracer in untreated control cultures. A stimulation index of three, for example, means the cells multiplied three times, indicating an allergic reaction. Here, the stimulation index scale used to evaluate your MELISA results is as follows. So below 0.03 is cytotoxic, which indicates the number of blood cells actually declined over five days. This is a rare reaction, and the clinical relevance of that is unclear. Above two, weakly positive signs of a reaction showing a weak degree of allergy. Above three, positive, a reaction showing allergy to the given substance. And above 10 is strongly positive, a strong reaction where white blood cells multiply at least 10 times. So basically in layman's terms, the stimulation index is the objective counting of cells by a cell counter. Then we scroll down a little bit where it comes to the legend that explains the details on the test report. So up here's the test report number. Every given test has a unique number. Your name, your identifying information is going to be here. And then there's this thing called a negative control. Basically, the negative control is a value showing growth of your cells without addition of the allergen. It's expressed in a count per minute measurement. And so in this instance, the negative control is 880. I think they said that most negative controls are above a thousand. They do see some that are below. Mine is actually below. We'll talk about that in a minute. I have a theory on that. Can't be proven. It's just my working hypothesis. The positive control is pokeweed. This is a substance that all white blood cells react to. And so in everybody's test, the pokeweed should be 
super high in the stimulation index and super high in the morphology. And then the evaluation should be strongly positive. If it's not, it might mean there's a bad blood sample or something else that's affecting the test. So the substances are then named below. Some of these substances you'll know, say like copper one, copper two, it's different concentrations. And the way that they do it is copper one would be a higher concentration of copper than copper two. Substances are tested in two concentrations, and they do this if there are enough blood cells. The stimulation index we've already talked about, and then the morphology is an evaluation of cells carried out with a microscope. Lymphoblasts are large cells which are present if the white blood cells are stimulated. A number indicates how many blasts were present. So this will give you an idea of what we're looking at. Now let's scroll up and look at my results. So My negative control was 904. This was a test from April 20th and it was below a thousand. They do say that they get some negative control numbers that are kind of down. I don't test really positive on food allergy tests, on immunoglobulin tests, on a lot of things. I believe the reason is I have low immunoglobulins. So for somebody else that's maybe normal up here, I'm kind of down here. So my baseline is lower than other people's, maybe because of the way my immune system is functioning, maybe due to the metal or other circumstances, but where other people are going to react and be up here, I'm just going to react and be here. So I just think the threshold is lower for me. So that's why we see kind of some lower numbers. But basically we have all the metals here that I've tested for and all the results are negative. I do want to point out the pokeweed. Here is really positive. It's 199. Morphology is positive, strongly positive. So we're going to scroll down and everything's negative. And that's actually a really good sign if you're a normal person. And in my case, it's a good sign as well. Nickel here is the first positive one. So we have nickel one. You'll notice that it's rated positive, but the stimulation index is below three, which is what they clinically rate as positive. Anything below three and above two is a mild reaction. So basically, According to the stimulation index, I'm showing a mild reaction to nickel. They then look at it under the microscope to see how many lymphoblasts there are and if the cells divide. And they did see the positive morphology and that gave me the positive result. I didn't react as strongly to the lesser concentration of nickel. And we'll talk about a prior test result and compare the two in just a second. But Basically, that's good news. As far as other stimulation indexes that might be high on here, okay, right here, molybdenum. So molybdenum is a substance that I've had a positive test result to in the past, even though it was mild. So here, the stimulation index is actually almost as high as the nickel, and it is higher in the second concentration of molybdenum. However, you'll see that the result is negative. And again, I want to point out the stimulation index over three is enough for a positive diagnosis, but in the absence of the morphology, they didn't see the cells divide in a way that showed the particular delayed hypersensitivity reaction. So in discussing this with Linda in the last episode, basically it did show that I am reacting to molybdenum, but not with a type for delayed hypersensitivity allergic reaction. So that was interesting to me. I've never seen that before. And then if I follow the stimulation indexes down, tantalum was also slightly high. Again, it was negative, but I think we decided it can be said that I do react. It's just not a type four allergic reaction, but I will personally proceed with caution on anything that has a higher stimulation index because it means I am reacting to some degree. And then you can see titanium, vanadium, tungsten, zirconium powder not reacting to. I do think 
Okay, niobium was also a little high in the stimulation index up here. It wasn't bad, but it was a little high. So that was my test. Now, this test was done after I had just had my bicep anchor removed. So I've had five surgeries to remove hardware. And we do see that it's pretty common in patients that have a test, have a bunch of hardware removed, and then have another test that it gets to a point that the immune system stops being so reactive to the substance. Now, there are these memory lymphocytes that do hold a memory. And if it's something that I'm super allergic to or was in the past, it is going to show reactivity, according to my belief. But I'm happy with these results. A lot of people with metal allergies are super allergic to more than one metal. I am not in that category, thankfully. I would say I'm mildly reactive to nobium, tungsten, molybdenum, definitely reactive to nickel. I think my simulation index and degree of reactivity is lower. Number one, because of the metals I've had removed. And number two, because my immunoglobulins are lower than the average person as a whole. That could be a result of the metals in my body depressing my immune system because I have a lot that I can't get out. Okay, so coming down, here's a graph of the stimulation index. I think this is really helpful to see it on paper this way. So you can go right away to the big offender. So molybdenum we talked about was up in the threes. The first concentration of molybdenum was at 2.6. You can see the niobium and you can see that the nickel is right here. And nickel two was down, but basically for me, I'm looking at anything over two. So that's just going to be the molybdenum, the niobium, the nickel, and the tantalum. And I'm not really worried about anything below that, but this helps to see it visually on a chart if you're a more visual person, not a numbers person. So that's my Melisa test. And then down here, you can scroll down and it will break down the test report. And I'm just going to skip to the nickel. So it basically explains what the nickel is. It says that I reacted positively to nickel. My highest stimulation index reading was 2.8. Nickel triggers more hypersensitive reactions than any other metal. Up to 15% of the population suffers from some form of nickel allergy, mostly women, but men do react. Nickel is found in stainless steel medical devices, composing around 12%. In cobalt chromium devices, about half a percent. And traces are also found in titanium alloys at 0.03%. Concomitant allergy to nickel and cobalt is often observed among patients with dermatitis, probably because of co-sensitization. Nickel is exceptionally common in cigarette smoke, costume jewelry, buttons, and coins. Even hard cleaning of kitchenware has been shown to release nickel in washing up water. Dermatologists have developed low nickel diets, which reduce certain foods. Example, nuts, beans, pulses. That, that's got to be a British word, right, Linda? <laughs> Chocolate and oats. This is a nice little legend that will help describe anything that you are allergic to in more layman's terms. Now, what I want to do is move this over to the side and I'm going to bring up my prior tests with orthopedic analysis. Now that is a different company. And I had that test before I had my metal hardware removed before I had any of it removed. And I want to compare the two so you can see what the results are. So again, on the orthopedic analysis test, and I plan to get them on the podcast. I'm working on that now. I want to do a full episode with orthopedic analysis. I want to hear all about their testing and all about what makes them unique. I'm a patient of both. So I think they're both very valuable. I gleaned different information from both, but let's just take a look at what this showed results wise. So in the orthopedic analysis test, they don't do the morphology under the microscope. They watch the cells divide and multiply. 
And you can see that my nickel in this concentration here, the higher concentration, 0.1, was 6.7, which shows reactive, but not highly reactive. Again, we see that I'm just a notch below. I was super reactive, but it doesn't show on paper that way because I believe it's my immune status and my immunoglobulins that affect how I show up on paper. This has been a normal history for me because if you do a food allergy test, like I do react to a lot of foods, but it shows nothing on the food allergy test, of course. If you look at molybdenum here and also iron, these were mild reactions. They're not thought to be clinically relevant, but again, it did show a reaction. Now, MELISA does not measure for iron. Iron is an essential metal that we need. So they don't measure for that. And there's a lot of iron in food and you don't want to be low iron. So I'm not super worried about being sensitive to iron. It is in some of the metals that I have in my body, but it's also essential. You do see that orthopedic analysis said that I was reactive mildly to molybdenum and moderately to nickel. So those results really match, even though I think the threshold has come down as I've had more metal removed. So that that was interesting. They just, and again, orthopedic analysis has a known stimulant as well. It may be pokeweed. It may be something else. I don't know what it is yet, but we're going to find out. But again, I feel like the two tests concur and that's great. Now I'm going to pull up something else here, something orthopedic analysis offered that MELISA doesn't offer. And this is a great thing. This is part of what makes orthopedic analysis really cool in their respect is they do a metal ion test, which is basically they measure the ions circulating in the blood. And I was tested for cobalt, chromium, nickel, and titanium. Now I didn't have any nickel circulating in the blood or titanium or any elevated chromium. However, my cobalt was elevated and I did have cobalt spinal hardware at the time. So at some point I'm going to do a repeat orthopedic analysis test and I expect to see this elevated cobalt level come down. I just thought that it would be helpful to see those two tests compared to the MELISA results, but I'm really excited about the MELISA test. And if you'll notice, MELISA tests for far more metals than orthopedic analysis does. They test for silver, aluminum, gold, beryllium, cadmium, cobalt, chromium, manganese, molybdenum, niobium, nickel, palladium, tin, tantalum, titanium dioxide, titanium sulfate, vanadium, tungsten, and zirconium powder. So this was a really interesting test, and that pretty much concludes the episode. I'm glad that you came along to learn about these different testing metals with me. I want to thank Meliza, who's the episode sponsor for their generosity in providing the test so I could show you guys how this was done. And I will tell you that my first sample did not make it to Germany. It went to Belgium. So we had to ship the blood twice. If you are a Meliza customer, you will pay for extra shipping if the first sample doesn't make it. Sometimes FedEx has delays that are beyond Melisa's control. It is currently running about 10%, I believe. So definitely something to consider. But again, I think the benefit of the information receives outweighs the 10% chance that something's going to happen to the blood sample. But you do need to be prepared if something does. Another thing that was really important they can test some cells that arrive after 48 hours. It just depends on the quality of the blood sample. Mine did not make the first one. They were able to show that I was reactive to nickel, but the cells just weren't responding correctly. Dr. Scott Schroeder, who's been on the podcast before and is very friendly with Meliza, said that one of the things that he feels is important when the blood is drawn is for the person drawing the blood to use a straight needle. I guess it just preserves the quality of the cells a little better. So I made sure on the second test that we use the straight needle. And the second 
second test, had no problem. It got there in, I don't know, 20 hours. And it's amazing to think that a sample can be clear across the world in that amount of time, but it worked like a charm the second time. I hope you'll be coming back to join us for the future episodes. We've got some really cool things in the pipeline. We've got another pretty volatile gallbladder clip allergy story coming up. We have a breast implant allergy story. We have a spinal hardware patient coming and we have a surgeon who removes clips and staples. So that's going to be really, really cool. We're going to hear all about that. I've got a researcher from Canada that's doing a clinical study on metal allergy. She's personally affected by metal allergy, and she has some really amazing patient stories from being a charge nurse and dealing with the allergies on her hospital floor. So there's some really, really cool things coming. And again, I said we're going to have orthopedic analysis on. If you have not subscribed to the Heavily Metaled email list, go to heavilymetaled.com, sign up for the email list. We have some amazing things in the works that you all are going to love. And if you sign up for that, you'll get a little freebie. You'll be the first to hear about cool things that are coming on the Heavily Metaled podcast. Don't forget to go to meliza.org, sign up for the Meliza newsletter, and like the Heavily Metaled and Meliza pages on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. We're on all the places. And if you want the visual on the podcast instead of just the audio on the podcast platforms, the YouTube channel is the way to go. Just go to YouTube and search Heavily Metaled and it's all there. And don't forget that every episode, we have an episode page that links to images that were used in the episode. If a patient's on telling their stories and they want to show imaging test results or any other imaging that goes along with their case, you're going to find it in the show notes on heavilymetaled.com and you can link to everything right from there. You can contact me through heavilymetaled.com on the website. I look forward to talking with all of you. I try to get back to you as I can, as many of you as I can. I've got a little overwhelmed because if you don't know, I went viral on Facebook this week and I have now been seen by over a million people. Oh my gosh. And grew from 200 subscribers to over 7,000. So thank you if you were part of that group. It's amazing that people are starting to understand how much metal allergy really is a big deal and how it affects so many more people than we know of. My job is to change the medical narrative on metal allergies, but I can't do it alone. It's going to take a village. And so thank you for coming along for the ride. You guys are the bomb. Thank you for helping me tell the medical establishment that we're not going to take it anymore. Thank you for tuning in today. Please don't forget to follow me on social media and to like, share, and subscribe. My primary mission is reaching out to others who may be suffering from hypersensitivity reactions to metal implants and pointing them to resources that can assist with hope, help, and healing. If you know someone that suffers from a chronic illness, you might ask if they have any implanted metal hardware and if they've ever had a reaction to jewelry or metals of any kind. Might not even be on their radar. Visit us at heavilymetal.com where you can find images and documentation relating to our show today, as well as a number of valuable resources and links to assist you on your own personal healing journey. Until next time, keep on rocking.